Our scripture this morning will be a responsive reading of Psalm 100. Um, You can find this in your hymnal. It's number 821, and I'm thinking it will be projected, but if not, you'll find it on on, uh, number 821 in your hymnal. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with singing. Know that the Lord who made us is good. We are the Lord's. We are the people, the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. For the Lord is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. God's faithfulness to all generations. Thank you, Brian, for reading the scriptures from the Psalms. The Psalms are always a wonderful resource for us in the spiritual life. They are a prayer book. They are the prayer book for Jews and for Christians and for people who are seeking And I'm so glad that they were not edited by the psalmist's kids. Because the psalmist, whoever wrote them, is so vulnerably honest. And it's almost embarrassing at times to read how honest the psalmist is with his struggles in life. In the Psalms, you can read about raw anger, jealousy, resentment, even desire for revenge that the psalmist projects all on God. But always, the psalmist keeps coming back to gratitude and to trust. You can read one of his rants about how angry he is at the enemy and hoping that God would smite them and how forlorn he feels, how alone, how depressed. And then he says something like, but I trust In you, O Lord. In preparing to reflect on gratitude for for us as we enter this Thanksgiving week, I sought out a podcast called On Being with Krista Tippett. Do any of you listen to Krista Tippett on the radio or? some podcasts. She had this wonderful hour she spent with David Stendhal Rast, who is in his 90s and has dedicated his whole life to Christ and to the practice of gratitude. Some of you may have seen his TED Talk on gratitude. It's very interesting to see a monk giving a TED Talk. 
It has over 7 million views, which says to us that people are longing to get in touch with gratitude and know that it's not always easy and that sometimes it's a choice and we have to muster up every ounce of intentionality to be grateful. In this conversation with Krista Tippett, he says, we cannot be grateful for everything, but we can be grateful in every moment. Let me say that again, because that may be really helpful. It's been helpful to me. Maybe it'll be helpful to someone here. We can't be grateful for everything, but we can be grateful in every moment. When he was asked to flesh that out, he said, you know, there are some terrible tragedies in the world. There's some great injustice in the world. We can't be grateful for that. But we can be grateful in the moment of those tragedies or tragic seasons or seasons of injustice because it can help us clarify what we really believe. It gives us the opportunity to work for justice. It gives us the opportunity to make this world a better place. And so I'm going to list some examples that are humble attempts to illustrate how we might be grateful in the moment in a situation that is terrible. And I sense that the more illustrations we share with one another, the more opportunities we will see that God gives us to practice gratitude. Our daughter Elizabeth was invited by some friends a few weeks ago to go to California and to, uh, to visit with some friends there. One of her mutual friends moved to, to Malibu. And so they were visiting there, and we, we got a, a call from Liz that said, Hey, are you watching the news? And we said, No. She said, Turn on the news. There's, there's a, f- a fire that's burning out of control. And we, we're not in danger, but we can see the smoke. And so we, we FaceTimed with Elizabeth, and we could see the smoke behind her going out over the horizon. She told us about an experience she had at the hotel the next morning. One of those hotels that has the waffle makers and the bagels and the dry cereal and the oatmeal if you want it. And all the tables are kind of right next to each other as people are watching the news. She was at a table and next to her she noticed that there were two little kids who were dressed in their pajamas. The mom and dad were dressed in a t-shirt and sweatpants, and she couldn't help but overhear this conversation. The mother was saying to the, the kids said to the mother, so all of our stuff is gone? She said, yes, our, our house was, was completely burned and all of our stuff is gone, but we are here in this hotel. And we have food to eat. And we have each other. 
And that's what's really important. Do you see how in a terrible, unspeakable, tragic loss, nothing to be grateful for in that situation, and yet that mother chose gratitude to model for her little kids. This Thursday, how many of you were stuck in a very long commute? How long was your commute? Six hours. How long does it usually take you, Eddie? 40 minutes. What, who else? Took you three hours to get home from school? How, how long does it usually take? Five to ten minutes. I'm glad you made it. How about other disaster commutes? David, what'd you have? Eight hours. From, from Milburn back home. How long does that usually take? Oh my gosh. So a friend of ours was in a six-hour commute that usually takes about 30 minutes. She wrote on her Facebook page, I found myself sitting in my car in traffic that wasn't moving, and I found myself thankful that I was in a line of cars that was in snow and not with flames on either side. Because we've all heard stories about the people fleeing the fires in California and they're trying to escape and there's a log jam of cars and they have to get out and run for their lives. This person wrote, I'm thankful that this is just snow. We'll get through this. Other people wrote, I'm thankful that I have a full tank of gas. I've got some things to eat in the car. I've got heat. Someone's watching my kids and they'll be there when I get home. Do you see how in the midst of a terrible commute, some people chose to be grateful? Choosing gratitude may help us not only be grateful, but we might discover an inner joy. I've been traveling with some, journeying with some families who have gone through loss It's part of the landscape that is normal for me. And I have heard more than once a grieving family say, we are beyond words with our sadness, but we're grateful for the 53 years we had together. I miss them, but I'm grateful for the 15 years we had together. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm grateful for the two years we had together. Do you see the, the wisdom there? Acknowledging the loss, acknowledging the grief, and yet choosing gratitude. Yesterday at the men's breakfast, I asked the men, we were gathered at the Strunk's table, breakfast table in their kitchen. There were maybe 10 or 12 of us. And, and I asked them, what, have, you, have you ever been grateful for something, even in the midst of great loss? And 
A few of the guys whose parents are in nursing homes and they're, they're sad beyond words to see their loved ones in these nursing homes. But both of them said, but we're grateful for the nurses and the staff who so freely share compassion for our parents. In the midst of a terrible situation, choosing gratitude. Another guy around the table said, you know, I've been spending some time with uh, people who have been touched by gun violence in Pittsburgh, and yet the gratitude that we heard from religious leaders of people who have come together in the aftermath of that tragedy is so encouraging. An unspeakable tragedy, and yet people choosing gratitude. Another gentleman said, you know, my brother lives in a wheelchair. And I'm grateful for every step I take. And I'm grateful for him that he's still here. These are just a few of glimpses of people choosing gratitude. I'm going to end with this. Have you ever been around people who are so pessimistic that you begin to take on their pessimism? Have you been around people who are so unhappy and angry and resentful that it seems like their M.O. is to make you angry and resentful too? When that happens... Don't take on their energy. Don't give them your full attention. You can be a good Christian and do this. Don't give them your full attention because you want to protect your soul from taking on their negative energy. Pray for them. Ask God to bless them. And then think of one thing that you're grateful for and hang on to it. You don't even have to tell anybody that. If you wish to, you can. But choose gratitude to hang on to. And choose people who are grateful to spend time with. Because I guarantee our souls will benefit by spending time with grateful people. There's an opportunity I'd like to invite you to. This Tuesday evening, this sanctuary will be the place for our interfaith Thanksgiving service. I presume that people who come to that are inclined to gratitude. It may be good for us to spend time with people of other faith traditions who find common ground in being grateful to this mystery that we call God. The psalmist writes, 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. May it be so for you and for me and for the people throughout the world. And the people of God said, Amen.